Welcome to Life in the Library with your hosts, Cheyenne and Sam. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Life in the Library. I'm Sam. I'm Cheyenne. And we're going to start this podcast off with some fun facts about the library. Cheyenne, what's your fact? (laughs) Well, that's aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) My fact today is the Library of Congress pays to reproduce popular magazines, including Playboy and Braille. In Braille? In Braille. Not just regular Playboy, but Playboy and Braille. (laughs) I really kind of am curious how Playboy Playboy and Braille Braille works. Yeah. Yeah. Like rub over it and it's boobs <laughs> and braille. <laughs> uh, anyway, Sam, what's your fact? <laughs> All right. Well, Texas is home to a gigantic Walmart turned into a library. Oh, that's so cool. I, I would love to go. It's in, I might totally butcher this, McAllen. It's the McAllen Public Library in McAllen, Texas. Oh, that's cute. It's 123,000 square foot space has of books. a computer lab, oh my God. a cafe, Aww. and a 180-seat auditorium. I want to live here. Same. The cafe? Excuse? <laughs> yeah, but does it serve good coffee? <laughs> so in a previous episode, <clears throat> we uh, talked about Cheyenne's job as a barista. Whoop, whoop. She's still a barista. Yep. However, she has switched locations for very, very good reasons. <laughs> So, any of our local listeners, we strongly urge you to steer away from Starbucks. However, that's not where she worked. Um, and shop local at The Blend in Newberry, Florida. And also, steer clear of Joel's if you do not want to eat expired food. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, also, speaking of Starbucks, for some reason, somebody does not want our new Starbucks location to, to be there. Oh, my gosh. So, this Starbucks has been there for... Mm, Maybe two years now. Has it really been that long? Probably. Wow. When they first opened, someone was, uh, like, smashing the windows. And it hasn't happened. It's been at least a year since, you know, the windows have been smashed. The Starbucks vigilante <laughs> has, <laughs> has um, <laughs> smashed windows. <laughs> but I went there. I, that's probably why the inside was closed the other day, and I was so po'd about it oh yeah true um but i went today and there was like no one there it was like a ghost town starbucks oh which gosh. was great because we got through the drive through super fast speaking of we she's mentioning i'm not done <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> so um the like windows were smashed the drive through windows were smashed oh my god i don't know if these people just had like a hankering for coffee at two in the morning or what but like <laughs> they were just like oh it's not open we're gonna break in make yeah. our own coffee that's actually something we would probably do <laughs> no okay Cheyenne you can introduce our special guest who's currently annoying me yeah so the reason Sam's snapping oh yeah sorry is because Murphy is on the podcast today him our podcast doggy Murphy is my dog whereas the last two have been Cheyenne's yes Murphy is a big beautiful baby boy him not a baby but him still my baby him's three him's pretty young but well, Murphy background. He is three. He is from North Carolina. Oop, oop. He is a retired service dog for, you know, me. Um, Him the bestest boy. Sometimes. Except for when he eats his mommy's shoes. That part. And he gets only in eats the my good shoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we semi-accidentally started our banter at the beginning of the but, episode. But we still have a lot of really exciting banter for after the episode. 
if we have enough uh, room on this uh, SD card Cheyenne has here, because, you know, Jordan <laughs> had to go and use our podcast materials, equipment. <laughs> but we did have an awesome time. We did. Um, Which we'll also talk about at the end. Oh, I was going to... Murphy, leave the recorder alone. <laughs> He's literally playing with the cords. Child of the corn. Get him. <laughs> He's going to unplug the thing. i got to take a picture I'm first. Put in it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, don't move. Don't move because you're caught red-handed. <laughs> so, I think that we've decided that Sam is going to tell you about her book first, and then I'm going to go into my little rabbit hole because I loved th- my book. Okay. So... I'm so excited to talk about this book. Same. But okay. not your book, my book. <laughs> Freaking rude. So I read The War Librarian, written by, sorry, my sticky notes are in the way, Addison Armstrong. It was published August 8th, 2022, and you could purchase it for $17. It's actually in my Amazon cart because I loved it so much, but I got it for free at the library, and I'm reading this one five stars. This was my soulmate of a book. Literally, all I kept hearing about this book when she was reading it is, I love this book, I love this book, I love this book, I love this book. I'm crying. I love this book, I love this book. <laughs> Facts. I'm going to give a warning for period slash era viewpoints, such as women working and racism. Mm. I also want to give a warning for sexual assault PTSD. However, there is no sexual assault in this book, but there is a section that was super intense that I even had to, like, look ahead before I read on. Yeah, I remember you were at my house when you were reading that. Yeah, so I just want to make it known. Yeah. Okay, so, like I said, this has, hands down, been one of the best books I have ever read. Um, I know that, you know, I'm not the, you know, the girl to reread books, but like I said, it's in my Amazon, and it's going in my library when I move. Not now. So, also, like I said, this book is a 5 out of 5 for me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We love that. I really don't know if I would read it again, but, like, I want it in my collection to just be, like, I recommend this book. But you're also, again, not a person who ever rereads books. Yeah, because I don't really know what reason. happens. Because yeah, exactly. unlike 10 Second Tom over here, I remember everything. Whoa. <laughs> Anyways. The shade. I'm on a roll today. Yeah, you are. A spicy little <laughs> nugget over there. Anyway. Wait, huge shout out to Jordan. I saw on Facebook today that his uh, company that he works for, they just won an award. Yeah. Dylan, one of his friends. Yeah. And Jordan um, actually won an award as well, so congrats, dude. Yep. Whoop, whoop. In this book, there's two stories being told. Emmeline's takes place in 1918 during the First World War, or WW1, (laughs) (laughs) as we know it. Emmeline is a Russian immigrant working in the dead letters office. You want to ask? Because I know you're going to. What's the dead letters office? (laughs) If you say, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Actually, I did. I researched it because I knew you would ask. Also, I wanted to know. Anyways. So this was a place that undeliverable mail ended up. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, except for I don't know why the heck it was called a dead letter. But whatever. Because they don't go anywhere. They're dead. Her job was to open the letters to see if there was an address inside, but to never read the letters. Oh, annoying. I would totally read them. Me too. But she did. Oh, good. Well, she didn't until oh. Nicholas's letter landed on her desk. Ooh. Don't ask who Nicholas is. You'll ruin it. Oh. <laughs> that was definitely my next question. 
Next thing you know, Emmeline is caught and then goes to train. I thought you were going to say goes to jail. No, she goes to train as a librarian at Camp Mead. She is later chosen to be a war librarian. So cute. And she is sent to France. France. <laughs> Have you not seen the pageant thing? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> France. Costa Rica. Probably hear us right now. <laughs> Denmark. <laughs> Anyways, she is chosen to be a war librarian and is sent to France. She is stationed at Hospital 42, which handles mainly what kind of patient, Cheyenne? Max Facial. Thank you. Which means injuries to the face and jaw. But it also took other... I almost said unwanted soldiers. And it also took other wounded soldiers. <laughs> that part. Uh, as Emmeline is doing her rounds to see what kind of books they would like, she comes face to face with... Dun, 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 Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you did this like a whole dramatic lead up and then you were just like Nick. Yeah, that part. <laughs> Who she hasn't seen since. Dun, dun, dun. She was a child. <laughs> All the emotions came flooding back. During Emmeline's time there, she met Nellie, a driver in the motor corps. Oh, that's cool. I know, right? Nellie became like a sister to her because Nellie had left a younger sister back home. Aww. She became closer with Nicholas and even fell in love. Of course she did. But most importantly, she found her voice because, you know. Meek and mild goes to war. Not meek and mild. <laughs> Does some stuff to you, man. <laughs> when Emmeline found out that the colored soldiers weren't allowed in the recreation hut, she gathered Nellie, Nicholas, and a couple other so- soldiers, dear lord, and formed a book club in the tent of the colored soldiers. Oh, nice. So that everybody could participate. How sweet. I know. Love her for that. Emmeline's time in France, however, was cut short. When banned books and German propaganda was found in her room. Oh, no. I know, right? Dun, dun, dun. She didn't do anything bad. Let me just shout out my homegirl over here. She didn't do anything bad. She was a librarian, and she didn't want to destroy books. Yeah. Because... So she was like, oh, knowledge. Let me just keep it. I mean, she was like, freedom of speech, man. Yeah, for real. Like, can we just put these in, like, a locked closet until the war's over? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> she didn't want to destroy them. Yeah. I mean... Listen, how many librarians do you we're going to meet that are like, let's burn all the books? For real. Exactly. But now that she was caught, she was on her way to prison, and Nellie was driving her. So Nellie devised a plan to help Emmeline escape. Of course she did. (laughs) Until they drove into an area full of German landmines. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, this is where Emmeline's story comes to an end. She dies during the explosions. Jump forward to 1976. Now we hear the story of Kathleen Carr. I hope that's her last name. It's C A R R E. Care? Car? 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 Kachow. Lightning McQueen! Oh my god, we don't have enough room for this. Okay, jump forward to 1976. Now we hear the story of Kathleen Carr, granddaughter to Nellie. Right when President Gerald Ford signed the act allowing women into the Naval Academy, Kathleen was ready to join the Academy and become Midshipman Carr. But who knew what the Academy had in store for her? Being the first group of women in the Academy, things were changed around this group. Things such as heel height after reported shin splints or the requirement to carry a purse at all time for feminine products. Absolutely not. Until men complained because he 
they were saying that it gave the women an advantage because they had to carry this um this book and like memorize this entire little book thing Mm -hmm. and so the purse gave them an advantage to like i don't know carry the book wow yeah so then pockets were added to their uniforms (laughs) (laughs) but that was just the beginning for these ladies the endless torment from the men who didn't want them there and all eyes on them waiting for a slip up the higher-ups targeted them and when kathleen that, got, none of that has changed oh yeah touche but like it was intense back then because it was the first group of women oh well yeah but i'm just saying like women still get mad crap oh i'm in the military 100 percent sure so when kathleen got word that her nana Nellie, had Aww. died derek a colored pleb I was about to say, who the freak is Derek? He just popped out of nowhere. A colored plebe gave her a hug, as any friend would do. Except another plebe. Pleb? Plebe. Whatever. Just go with it. Another plebe saw and spun up a story. This story got Derek's room ransacked with a note saying, stay away from our women. Wow. Yeah. Intense. White men. They suck. (laughs) Next, Kathleen's room had been ransacked. Her sheets were under running water. And there was a note saying... I really don't feel comfortable saying this. Better you can't sleep at all than sleep with a spook. Oh my gosh. Well, this was the 70s. Yeah, well, still disgusting. Derek and Kathleen made reports which weren't taken seriously. Of course not. Since it was a colored male and a white female. Yeah. The report was ruled as... It was a great book, except for this part, okay? (laughs) Gosh. Time periods, man. The reports... (laughs) were ruled as hazing, which was, and probably still is, a normal thing to do. Even though they end badly in most cases. However, this report got Kathleen attacked and sworn into silence, or Derek would get the worst of it. I didn't go into detail because this was a thing that I gave the trigger warning about, but it was a little bit intense. Kathleen used her anger to fuel her until something major happens, which, same girl, I use my anger too. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Flashback to the funeral for Nellie. Kathleen meets Mabel, sister to Nellie and great aunt to Kathleen. She doesn't believe it at first, but information no one else would know was shared. Mabel and Kathleen become close. Then Mabel sends a care package and some mail addressed to Nellie. Mm. Mm -hmm. In the bundle of mail, a letter is found from Nellie to Nicholas containing a letter that he wrote with Emmeline. The exact letter that got her sent to prison. Nicholas returned the letter. Then, the letter was found in Kathleen's room by another plebe, and he reported her for disloyalty and intent to distribute. What? Because they had written a letter pretty much saying, like, at the time, in World War One that, like, freedom of speech, pretty much. It was almost along the lines of, I guess, German propaganda. Uh. Anyways, this report was taken to a hearing, and the hearing wasn't going in her favor in kathleen's favor until nicholas showed up go nicholas i know right and he provided what a hero (laughs) he provided proof that the letter was actually written in 1918 okay gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) so you think now the reason behind why nicholas showed up for kathleen was the biggest plot twist i've ever seen in a book is he a bad guy no okay good as much as i want to tell you i'll tell cheyenne later (laughs) i want you to enjoy this book as much as i did the end Oh, that's it? Yeah. Wow. That's like that's like a hard stop, man. Well, 
the book that I read is called The One. It's by John Mars. This book would have only been fifteen ninety nine before tax. Okay. And thank God, because I fully intend on buying this book, even though I got it for free from the library, Alachua County Library District. Uh, I don't remember what branch. <laughs> so. I think you got it from Millhopper. I first want to give a humongous shout out to the young woman in the library who was returning this book when I walked by. And she recommended it to me because the book cover was super cute, and I checked it out instantly. Anyway, I will say, though, if you aren't someone who can't follow multiple storylines throughout one book, it is definitely not a book for you. This book takes you through the lives of a series of, I believe, six people who are each connected in a very unique way and all have secrets of their own. I need you to take into account that Cheyenne has said on a previous podcast that she doesn't know how she feels about two storyline books, but reads a six storyline book. And loves it. Mm, that part. <laughs> so before I even jump into this book any further, I want to ask Sam a question. And you guys can answer wherever you are also. It's a two-part question, actually. Oh, God, I suck at this. <laughs> so, um, you know the 23andMe DNA test kits that we, like, were, they were a huge fad? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you could do the same thing, but to find your soulmate Absolutely. instead of your ancestors, <laughs> would you do it? No. Your soulmate instead of your ancestors. If you could do the same, like, testing kit. But what if my soulmate's, like, in jail? Okay. But wouldn't you want to know? Um, maybe. The f- so the kit's free. I need to know what, like, the cons are. Mm. Okay. Well, literally, he, like, hates me because I did this test and, like, he's not ready to be with me. But I'm like, knock, 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 here I am. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm not taking this test. So, literally, my heart shattered. all these people did. And it definitely did not turn out the way that they wanted to or that they dreamed of it turning out. See? I'd knock on the door and his, like, girlfriend at the time would answer. I'd be like, <laughs> you need to leave. It's so much worse than that. <laughs> oh, my God. Ellie. One of the most important characters in the book is a really smart scientist who spent pretty much her entire life researching the butterfly in your stomach feeling you're supposed to get when you first meet your soulmate. And when I mean researching, I mean she quite literally took DNA samples (laughs) through legal and illegal means. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) And studied the DNA of them and their quote-unquote soulmate. Eventually, this led Ellie to creating a company called Match Your DNA. How match er or match your? Match your DNA. Ew. Wait. What? Yeah, so hang on. So I'm sorry, me and my soulmate have the same DNA? I'm about to explain. So we're siblings? No, I'm about to explain. So how it works is you would sign up and be sent a free at-home DNA testing kit, kind of like the at-home testing kit we have available for COVID right now. But instead of using it to check for a virus, it would be used to find the one. After collecting your DNA in your home, you would mail the kit back to the company and it would enter, it would be, so your DNA would be entered into a database with everyone else's DNA who's taken the at-home testing kit. If, and that's a hard if, your DNA match has done the kit themselves, themselves, and has been registered in the database of match your DNA, you would receive an email telling you your match has been found and you'd be prompted to pay for your match's information. Wow. That's a scam. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. It sounds like an amazing trade. No, it is not. (laughs) Right. But it's not. (laughs) The book starts out by just introducing you to the individuals themselves. Right. So Mandy, a single woman 
who doesn't like her job, is divorced because she's had miscarriages and wasn't able to successfully have a child of her own. Now just looking for a guy to come and take all her pain away. A guy to give her a fresh start. Christopher, a psycho serial killer who targets, <laughs> literally, who targets lonely women on dating apps who have yet to find their DNA match. Like, purposely targets these women. My point as to why this is a bad idea. Jade is a city girl with major trust issues and some pretty intense baggage she's looking to dump and go on an adventure without. Kevin, a super sweet, small-town farmer boy just looking for love. Nick and Sally are a happy couple, or so they thought. Why the heck are they on the thing of a thing? Richard, a super adventurous, free-spirit ladies' man who loves to travel and live life in the now. And lastly, Amy, a super blunt, spunky law enforcement officer looking to cut through all the BS of the dating world and get straight to the point. Wow, I feel like me and Amy would vibe. (laughs) Same girl. Little do they all know that finding the one isn't all it's cracked up to be, even when they are literally matched to your DNA. I don't understand the matching of DNA because the people only have DNA that are the similars. So it's, it's family. It's a certain molecule in your DNA that causes the butterfly effect. And when that molecule matches up with the other person's butterfly effect molecule, that's how you know that they're soulmates. Can we get you and Tracy tested? (laughs) This is not a real thing. (laughs) But anyway. As you could imagine, finding out your DNA matches a serial killer is a hard no. Finding out the man you love literally has gay written into his dna and didn't even know it (laughs) also a hard no what about if your dna match wasn't really your dna match but his brother switched his siblings dna because he had terminal cancer that i I feel like you don't have a choice at that point like why switch your dna if you match with somebody then they're kind of just forced to be your soulmate i mean at this point like sorry that i have terminal cancer but we match so like we're no, stuck, no, no, bro. No, so it was two brothers, and, and they matched. No, so it was so it was a girl and two brothers, and she took the DNA test, and the brothers are twins, and they took the DNA test too. One of them had terminal cancer, and one of them didn't. So she get to pick which one she wanted. Mm-mm. The one without terminal cancer matched with her, but his brother was sad that he was gonna die without getting a soulmate. So the one without terminal cancer gave her. That is so sweet. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's messed up, bro. Yeah, like, here, go get a touch, my brother. Oh, he's dead. JK, we were actually matches. Come to me. That isn't enough for you? What kind of is? <laughs> what would you do if you were told your DNA match is dead? Mine probably is. <laughs> but instead of him being dead, oh, he's actually Murdered. in an assisted living facility, brain dead. And you're pregnant with his child what yeah how (laughs) she just like poof baby so (laughs) no ellie i would never read this book (laughs) it was so like twisted but in so many good ways ellie (laughs) the owner of match your dna oh did she make her own dna match she also finds her dna match of course she did (laughs) people are greedy but she may or may not end up losing her mind in a pretty intense way that has some major consequences. 
because of how her stealing DNA from her subjects without their knowledge come back to her in a seriously messed up way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. I really loved this book a lot. And we've talked um, on a couple of different episodes about how my ADD personally comes out when I read books a lot. And it definitely came out while reading this book. Because in this book, Christopher, the serial killer, mm-hmm. takes Robert Hare's 1996 sociopathic personality inventory test to see just how psycho he actually is. Because, you know, that's just what serial killers do in their spare time, I guess. Same. I mean, not same. But same. <laughs> <laughs> so what did I do with this information? Exactly. You serial killer. I took the test. Are you a serial killer? So on the test... The highest this score. Is the test you're about to try to make me take? Yes. We can't do this on air. Yeah, we're going to. On this test, the high score is the score you don't want. The score is 44, and it's the point of no return. What did you score? You're done and should be immediately admitted to an asylum at this point. What did you score? Anyway. Why are you not answering me? <laughs> Cheyenne I- scored a 44. She told me with her eyes. I scored a 21. Oh. Of a possible 44. 21. So I'm half crazy. <laughs> we already knew that. And Sam's going to take this test now. <laughs> All right. So how it works is you answer definitely, possibly. Oh, God. Or absent. Do you have a huge sense of self-worth? Oh, do I? No. No. Okay. Absent. <laughs> do you have a low frustration tolerance? <laughs> Do you like lying or being deceptive? Sometimes. Do you contain a lack of sincerity? Wow, definitely. (laughs) I blame that on dispatching, though. Do you have a lack of remorse or guilt? (laughs) Definitely. Do you have a lack of effect and emotional depth? Definitely. Are you callous or do you have lack of empathy? Definitely. I blame this on dispatching. Do you have... It made us serial killers. A parasitic lifestyle? No. I used to. Are you short-tempered or have poor behavioral control? (laughs) Sometimes. Did you have early behavioral problems? Sometimes. 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 What was the behavioral problems considered? Temper tantrums, overly emotional, trouble communicating with other children. (laughs) I have no idea. Just sometimes that one. Okay. Lack of realistic long-term plans. Why are you trying to tell these people that I'm legitimately crazy? (laughs) Do you have impulsivity control issues? Yes, definitely. Do you ex- did you ever experience a juvenile delinquency? No. With you? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, yes. Poor uh you're not a parole risk. You're never arrested, so this doesn't pertain to you. What the hell is a parole rescue? Parole risk? Oh, I thought you said rescue. I'm no. like, yeah, parole rescued me out of the streets, man. Failure to accept responsibility for your own actions. That is not true. What? Which one's that not is true? Absent. Absent? You do accept responsibility for your own actions, yes. Do you take offense to many things? 
No. Lies. Sometimes. Drug or alcohol abuse, no. not as a direct cause of an antisocial behavior. No, that's absent. That part. <laughs> you scored a 25. Thank God. <laughs> I was getting really concerned. You scored a 25. So, you're also only half crazy. Actually, you're one point over half crazy. Because <laughs> the score is 44. You scored a 25. <laughs> anyway. If you want to take the test yourself, we will link it in the description of this episode. I personally loved this book. It had everything I needed it to have yeah, in a book. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> that part. It had <laughs> everything I needed it to have in a book. Tragic romance, mystery, serial killers, forbidden love, plot twists, the whole nine yards. That's it for my book. But, oh Lord. on another note, Sam and I have some very exciting news. We're going to be partnering with the Alachua County Library District, and we're going to meet this amazing girl. Well, she sounds amazing. We don't actually know. We haven't met her yet, but. <laughs> that part. Her name is Jordan. Um, she works at the Alachua branch of the Alachua County Library District, and she runs the Alachua branch book club. So we're going to be partnering with her. Uh, we're going to be on the Alachua County Library District's podcast, and we're going to bring. It's Sorry. It's called um, Patrons and Sponsors, I believe. Something along the lines. And we're also going to be bringing her onto our podcast. Potentially. If she wants to. We're not going to force it, but we would love to have her. I won't force it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that she's also going to be picking out one of our next reads. This month. Hopefully. So, I'm super, super excited about that. I cannot wait to meet her and to see what book she picks out that captures both sam and i's personalities mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's okay shine and i just went to the library and she's like oh my god they have two of these we can read these together oh my god they have two of these we can shine and i have three books checked out that are the same i don't know what she thinks we're gonna do because she only wants to do two together reads a season so we're gonna have to like cram these books into our already crammed reading periods <laughs> and just save them for next season sam is also one book ahead of me right now two books ahead of me right now i only have i am currently reading next episode's book uh, i have next episode's book done i don't all right guys so that's it for today's episode uh sam and i are not sociopaths according to the test but if you don't ever so kindly like subscribe and follow on social media and apple podcast and youtube and google podcast we will turn into psychopaths <laughs> hypothetically <laughs> Thank you, Big Daddy Unlimited, for partnering with us on this podcast. Until next time. Bye.